Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. You can find The Aside on SoundCloud, the Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Android podcasting apps, and now Spotify. The next eight episodes of The Aside come from Drama Victoria's mini-conference 2019, Jumpstart, where Heidi Irvine is in conversation with Wesley Enoch about Indigenous perspectives through drama. Wesley Enoch is renowned as a director and writer for the stage. His written body of work has been performed across the globe and includes The Seven Stages of Grieving, co-written with Deborah Mailman, Little White Dress, Black Medea, and The Story of the Miracle at Cookie's Table, for which he won the 2005 Patrick White's Playwright Award and was shortlisted for both the New South Wales and Victoria Premier's Literary Award. He has held positions such as Director of Queensland Theatre Company, Artistic Director for Kawembajara Indigenous Performing Arts, Artistic Director of the Ilbajeri Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Theatre Cooperatives. He was a trustee of the Sydney Opera House, and in 2004 Wesley directed the original stage production of The Sapphires by Tony Briggs for Melbourne Theatre Company and Belvoir Street Theatre. It won the 2005 Heltman Award for Best Play. Wesley directed the Indigenous section of the 2006 Commonwealth Games opening ceremony, is a member of the Hot House Theatre Artistic Directorate, a member of the New South Wales Government Arts Advisory Council, and is on numerous other committees. These episodes were recorded at a live event, so the audio quality isn't as high as it usually is. Without further ado, I bring you Heidi Irvine and Wesley Enoch at Drama Victoria's Jumpstart Conference 2019. This is part one of the eight-part series on the question, how do we appropriately use Indigenous content in the classroom? I think um, I'm with you that this whole idea, what I often will call the paralysis of integrity, the idea of you don't want to make a mistake so you do nothing. Uh, and it's difficult because then if you don't make mistakes, you don't get the knowledge to then make the next set of mistakes that give you the knowledge to make the next set of mistakes, etc., etc. And that often in these conversations, people are looking for the single silver bullet, the single solution. And unfortunately, that never arises. There's no one single uh, um, answer to any of the questions that might come out of today. There are ideas of context, there are ideas of community and consultation and coming together. Um, the, the idea that, you know, please excuse me when I'll just say the obvious things, that just because we speak English now doesn't mean that we are all united in this country, um, that there are regional differences, not just in cultural differences in terms of Aboriginal and Torres Strait cultures from different areas, but also the experience of colonisation, the experience uh, in, in terms of, you know, one key person can change a whole community. So where I grew up on Strabrak Island, Mintirabha, um, well, where my family come from, you know, um, Kath Walker, Uchuru Knuckle is my great aunt. And so her presence then created an environment in which arts and poetry and literature and were absolutely supported. So you get, you get people like me, you get like my cousin Stephen Page and David Page, you get a whole range of people that kind of come out of an environment like that. And then you get, like my sister's a politician, you get this kind of political edge that kind of comes from a particular influence of an individual. Now, let's say there's a community that doesn't have an individual like that, or doesn't have someone who has created that, that uh, milieu, you may not have that branch of thinking. Uh, so, so it's very difficult when we're talking, especially when I'm out of context. I'm, 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 I've been raised in Queensland uh, in a very particular 
situation. And the idea then answering questions or coming to another state or territory, even though I've worked here you know, for a while. In fact, this is the very theatre 20 years ago that Stolen was in. Um, October of, well, of last year would have been its 20th anniversary, right here. And, and that wonderful sense of, of the Victorian community is incredibly staunch, incredibly staunch. Even though it has one of the smallest Aboriginal populations in the country, its kind of political history is very, very to the surface. It's very thorough and, and uh, around the country we talk about the Aboriginal uh, community of Victoria being incredibly powerful um, outside of any kind of democratic structure. You know, it is disproportionately more powerful in Victoria than almost anywhere else in the country. So you get the sense of um, the the moral rights yeah. of Victorian Aboriginal communities being right up there, even though their their physical representation might be quite small. Um, anyway, that, that's by the by. But for me, when you think about the 500 and or more languages that are across the whole nation, it's interesting though. There's um, the Palmer Nguyen languages which are about two-thirds of Aboriginal languages are related, and then about a third of them have no relationship with anything even themselves. So, and in here, the, the relationship within the languages through Victoria, up through New South Wales into Queensland, there is a relationship. So you'll often find words, especially for body parts, that are very similar um, in terms of... Um, you know, uh, yeah, different body parts happen. Though the languages differ when it talks about landscape. So it's very, you know, very interesting to see how languages are structured. Um, and, and, and simple things like, um, there's very limited use of adjectives in many of the languages of the Papua so that they set up incredibly complex metaphors. So a person um, isn't tall, they are a tree. And the more specific knowledge of trees there are, the more complex the metaphor or the, yeah, it's metaphor that you can kind of put together. So, you know, and that both positive and negative sit within the same language structure. And this is not unusual. This is like, Japanese is a bit like this as well, yeah. where it sets up different relationships of words and that the action in Aboriginal um, sentence structures, this is again, broad generalisation, is the action is often at the end of a sentence. One of the reasons why we talk about waiting for an Aboriginal person to complete a sentence, to come to a moment of stop, is because often the action, which could turn the whole meaning on its head, could be right at the very end. So, you know, I get, I get in trouble because I go, oh, that's right, you think like that. Where, you know, I might be talking, but I might set out the case that I don't agree with, that then turns it upside down at the end of a sentence. And if someone interrupts you in the middle because they think you're talking about something that they disagree with, you and you go, no, no, we actually agree. You just haven't waited. Yeah. Oh, that's where I've gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's a whole range of things like that. And again, as I was saying about each community might operate very differently. And even today, you know, um, we had a little conversation about, you know, will I say things that are contradictory to the plan that that Bellawax and, and 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 Drama Victoria are doing? Um, you know, yes, there, there might be contradictions, and ultimately, uh, one individual doesn't speak for a community. Mm. And I'm noted for being a little bit more progressive at times around some of these kind of philosophical issues. Um, let's say, like colorblind casting. Number one, I don't believe in this current political state 
um, and, and our time in history that you can that you can you you, you don't I don't think you could ever forget the colour of someone's skin on stage at the moment. You know, you look at it and it's charged politically okay. because of the nature of the political discussion at the moment. If you see a Somali actor on stage uh, who's very dark-skinned, you cannot, in this political context, you know, uh, disengage their skin from the reading of that character. Now, in the UK, they say, oh, yeah, that's possible. Um, and, and it's interesting because in the UK I often will talk about, oh, in the US sometimes too, that they have very objective measures of skill. They go, if you can do Shakespeare, then you're an actor. Yeah. You know, and therefore, if, if you, you, you're, you're brown or you're black or you're white or whatever, if you can do these objective measures, it, then you're there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. Where, you know, and I think there's actually more, because coming from a, a lot of the work I like to do is, charged with the politics of skin. You know, I have a vested interest in making that kind of happen. I don't think that's possible. Can can I Please. ask, like, do you think that, and it's probably hard for you to remove that, but do you think that that's potentially because of your culture? Like, do you think that <coughs> it, I think that sometimes, yeah, is the decision different, and, and you're not gonna know, but is the decision different coming from a white person? I think so. Look, I, I had this conversation with some of my non-Indigenous counterparts, and often their fascination with form is the thing that distinguishes them. You know, they go, oh, I go to a classic, I get to rip it apart, I get to do this, I get to show my expertise in form. And you go, okay, so your primary audience are those who already are educated in, in form or have those kind of reference points. And a lot of my, what motivates me is about an educative structures or, or passing on information or um, writing onto the public record uh, a neglected history uh, about providing a, a kind of uplifting environment so that people can celebrate the cultural capital of being an Indigenous Australian, be that white or, or black. So I have a, a stronger political purpose yeah. to not just my work, but also a, a kind of vocational purpose yeah um, I, I, and I don't want to say that non-indigenous people don't have this but but often what happens is that non-indigenous Australians um, walk through the world just breathing they just breathe it in they breathe it out it just happens whereas a lot of um, people of color or people on the edges often that the you know this could be people with a disability or um, different differing sexualities or a whole range of the kind of, I keep doing this shape because I keep th thinking of of the, the the edges being of a circle and at the centre uh, and that often people who feel on the edges actually have to articulate themselves in multiple ways yeah. the intersectionality of our experiences mean that we have to go actually we can't just breathe in and breathe out you have to go what is in this that I'm breathing so I'm breathing out the right thing yeah. or in which environment the shapeshifter is is a really interesting figure culturally, you know the Kadacha, uh, the clever man, the, um, the 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 figure that changes shape depending on where you are and how you operate, and I think a lot of Aboriginal Australians are like that. So you know, I get teased in my at in my family environment for speaking like this, 
but there's a kind of you, you change the shape of who you are depending on the environment and I think everyone does that up yeah. to you know it's not unusual but it's it's bigger it's greater when you are often looking at um, uh, trying to fit in some way trying to 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 be influential or get a message across you start to translate for the audience that you're speaking with well, that's it for this episode of The Aside, but please do keep listening for the rest of the interview with Wesley Enoch on Indigenous perspectives through drama. You can find The Aside on SoundCloud, the Apple Podcasting app, Stitcher, Android Podcasting apps, and now Spotify. If you would like to ask us a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week and are more than happy to help. Thank you to Drama Victoria for supporting this podcast. Thank you to Aaron Searle for providing the music. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. And of course, thank you for listening.